Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, Chris Evans here and welcome once again to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio in the most extraordinary of weeks. Coming up, the wonderful Bryony Gordon flicks through her new fictional debut novel, Let Down Your Hair. Suede's Brett Anderson and Matt Osman bring us news of the band's new album, Auto Fiction, and their mammoth 2023 tour. Plus, the straight-talking Piers Morgan chats his talk TV show Uncensored and The Royals. And incredible entrepreneur slash life coach Marie Folio returns to the show to talk about her brilliant book everything is figure outable all of that and so much more to come so jack kick things off and tell us who's up first we all have our own things that make us feel uncomfortable but we do need to talk about them and this next guest does that and more she talks about it and now she writes about it in her new novel let your hair down which is out this thursday it's the brilliant brody goran <laughs> wow <laughs> hi brody hi <laughs> right uh conversation of two halves if that's all right with you that's fine can we talk about your weekend first my weekend yes oh oh do you mean my shaking the hands with the king uh, well you said you say here it's been a very long time since I rolled up my sleeves and did proper news reporting on the ground but when the Telegraph asked me to go and capture the mood outside Buckingham Palace this morning how could I say no? Well yes so I, I off I went down to Buckingham Palace and I stood there for several hours uh, talking to just to people outside to get like the, more, the feeling of you know that, that sort of the colour the atmosphere and then suddenly some barriers were put up in front of me and there was the new king shaking hands and it was it, was, it wasn't what I'd expected for my for my friday and and the queen consort as well so so you were asked to go down there um obviously uh, where were you when you learned uh, of the queen's passing I was not too far from your studios walking into a um, a publishing summer party, which seems bizarre. And it was very odd. Um, and I didn't stay for very long and I left. And then and then, as a, you know, as a journalist, you get this is this is the kind of thing that you you have to just down you know put aside everything else and just go and do just show up and get down on the ground and 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 do do the reporting really so you so so you were asked to to give a color piece or whatever you like because they trust you at the telegraph um with with whatever you encountered down there and when you're compiling something like that Mm. you know what is the thought process in your head once you arrive it's getting it's it's like it's trying to speak to as many people as possible to pick up the essence you know that's what we call color writing is to so that people who aren't able to go down to buckingham palace you know we know there are there are there are thousands of people making their way there now but there are just you know there are even more who can't because of you know whatever reason and it's about to give them the reader the sense of of what was happening yeah. and and how it felt and the cues and the and also i was standing there you know just before the king came there was the the 96 gun salute and it was astonishing that you were standing there in the center of london and there were tens of thousands of people and you you couldn't hear you know you could hear a pin drop yeah. uh, and just those 96 cannons going out and it was incredibly moving because you don't get that kind of thing nowadays do you no so it wasn't one minute silence it was 16 minutes silence then essentially almost. the 90s they, they obviously did a, 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 a salute for each year of her life and it took yeah it took 16 minutes and it was quiet for the whole time quiet for the whole oh, time and then soon afterwards um it, the 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 king arrived. It still feels a bit weird, doesn't it? Saying the king, the king arrived in his royal 
a Bentley, a, a Rolls Royce, maybe. I, I will get picked up on that. So I'll be like, no, it was a Rolls Royce, not a Bentley. And um, yeah, and I was standing there, and he just came and he shook hands with us all, which I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't, you know, expecting. expecting yeah. yeah. What did you expect? I'd expected him to come and look at the flowers. What did you expect of the general atmosphere before you oh, arrived? Well, I don't know what I expected. I don't know. You know, this is this is not the kind of thing that any of us have done before. You mm. know, but it was very okay. I did what well, I didn't, but it was as you might expect. It was very reverential. It was very hushed. It was very polite. People queuing. You know, it was very British. And talking to each other. People were talking to yeah. each other again because it was safe to do so. Everybody gave the mutual permission. Aussie Nick, who works here, he's our. Um, um, uh, deputy program uh, director he said he went along with his partner and it was just nice to chat i think it's you know obviously it's a tragedy but i think also there's something kind of beautiful about after this awful period that everyone's been through of people being able to come together if that makes sense so this is coronavirus this is the brexit this is yeah. just the last general five six seven maybe ten yeah, years Yeah, and i think that you know i don't know i didn't i didn't know the queen but i could imagine she you know there was that that was what this year was about you know and and we had that period the platinum jubilee to sort of you know none of the i think people were were ready for this you know she's been quietly get, you know getting her ducks in a row getting charles to come in and i think it's so it was. There was something quite beautiful about it. Um, why don't you explain to everybody what's going on with your first ever novel, Let Down Your Hair, Let from, down, its, from its golden cover. Let Down Your Hair, as you might imagine, is uh, loosely based on the tale of Rapunzel, but it is also loosely based on my experiences as a teenager of losing all my hair. So when I was about 18, I developed alopecia areata and I ended up looking a little bit like Donald Trump or one of the 1966 <laughs> England footballers with the comb-overs. Uh, and it was like, oh, I can laugh about it Nobby now. Nobby style. But it was it was really weird. And, and I now know that alopecia was the result of the stress of uh, the mental illness I'd had since I was a young child. It was like my body's way of of showing that that stress but I thought I was just a freak and it was like oh look my outsides now match my insides but since then since writing about it in my other books um which are more about you know which are non-fiction uh, I it affects so many young women and I get messages all the time from mums saying my daughter is losing her hair what do we do what do we do um and so I wanted to write a book for because it's YA so it's for young adults but I would say that as a 42 year old any, you know, I, I read a lot of YA, so it's kind of for everyone. But it's the book that I wanted to read when all my hair fell out when I was 18. So who is Barb? Barb is the Rapunzel-style figure. Uh, and it's set, so it's set now, and she is a hair creator, influencer on social media. And uh, she has hundreds of thousands of followers, but no friends. Uh, and her entire life is basically locked in the tower of her phone, creating content where people are like, wow, look at, look at your hair, how do we do a... You know, you know, give us a plat tutorial, all of that. Um, and she, her whole life, she's just been obsessed. People have just been obsessed with her hair um, since she was a little girl. And that's all she knows. Her value is, basically, is the way she looks. And then, obviously, the stress of it starts to come through and she develops alopecia. And she is forced to learn what, um, you know, what really matters about her and what, really, what her value truly is. Anything else you'd like to say to our lovely listeners before you depart? this time and please come again soon um i hope you're all having i hope you all have a wonderful week and if you have uh, six pounds to spare and want <laughs> to want to uh have a nice escapism into a modern fairy tale with a really kick-ass ending and you've got kids come that on. need that need something a bit you know a bit of girl power um a bit of gumption you, uh, then please do buy Let Down Your Hair. OK, when life is no fairy tale, it's time to rewrite it. Bryony Gordon uh, starring uh, Barb, the 15-year-old Barb. 16. 16-year-old Barb. OK, cool. Thanks for being here. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. We all wanted them to stay together because they're not 
trash, but they are in fact beautiful ones. And, well, just an all-round British musical institution. Their ninth and new album, Autofiction, is out tomorrow. The album is a banger. Will it be another number one? Well, let's assuage themselves as Matt been a Brett Anderson! Yeah, come on, Jack! That was See, like a that was like wow. a town crier or yeah. something. You need a bell and a... You oh, know, yay, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. ye, oh, yay. We should be yay. going into a, a wrestling ring yeah. or something. Or <laughs> go and maybe greet the queue, herald the queue. Well, I figured we could maybe get more people the if majestic, I was to do that. I think there's enough. 2.6 miles and counting. Can you see the... You, yeah, we, we were just looking at the queue. From, yeah, you can see the queue from yeah, here and you can see where the queue's going to be. It's great, isn't it's it? It's an eight-hour queue, right? I love... Well, it's up to ten hours now. Are you going to join it, Chris? Well, I filmed the whole queue. I, so I filmed it's not it. the same as joining it. I, I, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and we put it up on Instagram. So we I cycled past the queue at two minutes six this morning and I filmed it till quarter past six and so we put it up on time lapse wow. it was it's cool man yeah. it's the most british yeah, thing right. of all time it's, it? it is and it's it's you know it, there's joy in there we're, we're in the middle uh, of the queen's passing and her funeral and i think there's there is a window of levity and this is it and we're enjoying it. it's cool uh, should we talk about your new album or the the the, the next one after that which is going to be called veruca chat i understand well we we're having a long chat about the, the horrors <laughs> horrors of verucas weren't we? Yeah. we were reminiscing about the foot bath before you go in the swimming pool what about veruca chat or veruca chill <laughs> As an album title, and neither of them are good. <laughs> Come Let's on, Matt, what's wrong with you? We just saw, we just, saw, we just passed a, a book advert for a book called The Fear Bubble, which we thought was kind of one of the. That's pretty cool. strange. That's title. a bad title. We should steal that. The Fear, well, hang on Fear Bubble Two. Let's yeah. talk titles. Auto Fiction, ninth <laughs> studio album. Auto Fiction. Um, um, how come? How come it's called Auto Fiction? Tell us about oh that. well, do you want me to get all um, you know arty? Uh, so Auto Fiction <laughs> is like for anyone that doesn't know, um, it's a it's a uh, literary genre. Uh, it's like a part memoir and part fiction, and the I, I suppose you know I, I, everything. I, it, it struck me that all art is kind of autofiction to one degree or another. You know, that no nothing's absolute truth or absolute fantasy. There's fantasy within truth and, fan, and truth within fantasy. And, stuff. and so um, I'm sort of using. Sometimes I'm using characterization to explore truths, and sometimes I'm you know it's much more from the diary kind of thing. Um, as far as the reviews so far I can send they're pretty darn good across the board um, and we particularly love it um, so here we go it's it's raw punk um, and you don't mind a review or two do you you don't shy away from them do you Brett? Well, you, you dive into the you, to the Twitter sphere and whatever it is the sphere uh, nowadays you, I think it reviews it, it, it we're in our, we've got the, the records coming out tomorrow and I'm going to be for the next 24 hours I'm going to be in this sort of like sort of hyper tense state because you've got to process all of the feedback in a way right. even the bad stuff <laughs> it's almost like the bad stuff as well you know you've got to deal yeah. with it because otherwise it's just going to be lurking there and at four in the morning you'll just get up and say okay I'm going to read, I'm going to read the three <laughs> yeah. out of ten I've just got to it's Google like, yourself it's like, it's like grief you've got to kind of go through the process or like you know, you know knowing you want to wee at two o'clock and for some reason leaving it yeah, till four and not yeah. getting just get up and go to the comfort room for heaven's sake so it's, a, it's an odd, odd thing but I think it's important to to process it all because because to know how it lands with people is, is really important because I think that making music making any art it's an act of communication yeah and you're you're not making it in a bubble. You're not just making it for yourself. That old cliche. You are kind of, the audience has a real role in it, and their response is is the answer to your act of communication. You know. Yeah. So Matt, how do you feel about the your own fear bubble? My own fear bubble. Yeah. What are the reviews. Yeah. You just have to be very very thick skinned. I think. Yeah. It doesn't get it's, any easier, does it? Well, it's that weird thing that you can have like ten fantastic reviews yeah. and then one terrible <laughs> one, and you can't stop looking at the terrible <laughs> yeah, one yeah. and and trying to go. No, but that's not quite right. It's it's like the front row of a gig. There'll always be kind of like ninety nine people going absolutely crazy. Yeah. And there's always always one guy with his oh, arms so folded, good. probably his girlfriend brought him. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't take your eyes off him. It, well, it's funny, isn't it? You can do that or you can look for the fire starters in the crowd, play to them and they'll sort of conduct the audience on, on, on your mm. behalf as a little sort of um, energy satellites in your mm. audience. Yeah, I often do that. I, often, I mean, part of the Suede show now is very much about kind of like the loop of response between the band and the audience and kind of like harnessing that energy. I love being... We did a couple of weird little kind of gigs under a sort of assumed name last week. We did a, a couple of gigs uh, under the name Crush Kid as a way of sort of starting again, as it were. And they were tiny little gigs and we were right f eyeball to eyeball with the front row of the crowd. And I love that because as you get 
more successful, the venues you play get bigger and you play these big festivals and the crowd are miles away. And it's like, oh, God, I just want to be in there with the crowd and creating that loop of response. Yeah, because you know? the energy from one to the other is so much more intimate, yeah. isn't it? And instant and, and sort of fueled. Yeah, I, I love suppose. that. I love that immediate. Is immediacy. it true, Matt, these gigs that uh, Brett alluded to there, you know, uh, were they, because they, they've, they've gone down as the least secret secret gigs ever. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell us about those. Um, I mean, we had it all planned out beforehand. We formed this band, Crush Kid. We had an Instagram page two years ago that we started. Um, we had a single reviewed in a couple of places that we put out. The whole thing was, was planned before COVID. Hmm. That this is what we were going to do. We were going to start again as, as, as this new band and we were going to harness that kind of energy. Um, but what happened is we had these gigs booked and no one knew about them. It was, it was quite exciting, <laughs> apart, apart from the media. So what happened is we suddenly looked at who was coming to these gigs. And it was the, like, the press list, it was like didn't we? 30 journalists and no one else. Right. And suddenly it's like, oh, my God, these are going to be so bad. Yeah. Um, so we did mention it to a couple of people. So bad in what way, energy-wise, because they're there? Yeah, you, you don't want people kind of like with notebooks yeah. while you're playing. You want people sweating and jumping up. Of course, you know that they're going to be the people at the back as well. Yeah, exactly. You? You know yeah. I mean? yeah. um, Matt, it's great to see you. Uh, Brett, always great to see you. Uh, you, look, see you. You both Lovely look to fantastic on top form. How'd you feel? We feel pretty good, yeah. yeah. I think we feel quite... It's, it's always really exciting, this period of releasing a record, when it's all, you know, crackling, yeah. the energy's crackling, before you get jaded about it, basically. <laughs> and that's not happening anymore, is it? Because nah, you're back love in it. love. We love it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Last week, the world was shocked. The moment every broadcaster has prepared for their entire careers. Now, for the latest stories and coverage, tune in to Piers Morgan Uncensored weeknights at 8pm on Talk TV. Well, let's welcome the man himself. It's Piers Morgan! Good morning, Piers! Morning, Chris. (laughs) Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Piers, from um, somebody who's been at the pointy end of editing newspapers at times like this, how does this compare to uh, the passing of Princess Diana, would you say? Um, Very interesting. I mean, it was an extraordinary week, wasn't it, last week, with the week starting with a new prime minister and then ending with a new monarch. I, I can never remember a week like that. I think the Diana story was obviously far more shocking. You know, a 36-year-old woman, biggest star in the world, killed in a car crash. I think it engendered real raw emotion and, you know, what people did categorise later as bordering on a mass hysteria in terms of the reaction. It's been very different with the Queen. I think it's a far more respectful uh, reaction to her death. Uh, I think people a lot sadder, perhaps, than they may have imagined they might be. I think a lot of the scenes have been very emotional. In the yesterday, watching the hearse going through Scotland, I thought when the the farmers put all the tractors out as a guard of honour. I found that very moving. I felt that uh, Princess Anne, for six hours, following her mother in a car behind the hearse, looking completely grief-stricken, it reminded me that this is a family who've lost the two great rocks of their family in you know two years. They've lost Prince Philip, they've lost the Queen. And I think we should remember that, that this is a real family who've lost these two extraordinary people in rapid succession. So I think that I found it all very moving. Uh, I found Diana shocking. Uh, This one less shocking, but actually, I think, very emotional. I think a lot of people have been surprised. I think Boris Johnson got this right when he made his speech in the Commons, that he was surprised how emotional he'd felt. And it's because, I think, isn't it, Chris, that she was such an all-encompassing presence in our lives, from our stamps to our banknotes to every major event. There she was, this rock of stability. And now she's gone, and now we move our attention to the new king, who I think, for the record, will be fantastic. And what have you sort of uh, purposefully not talked about, um, uh, Piers, over the last few days? What have you sort of stayed away from? What have you steered towards and, and uh, stepped back from? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's what you want to try and do is get the tone right. I think it's tricky on issues like, for example, the very well-known rift between William and Harry and Kate and Meghan and so on. You know, how much of that do you cover when you're covering a story of the magnitude of the passing of the monarch? And in, on one level, it's kind of soap opera stuff and you might be inclined to leave most of it alone on the other it has genuine sort of constitutional relevance and importance it's important that the the new king has the support of of both his heir and his other son i think it's important now to clarify going forward what is the role of the duke and duchess of sussex 
in this royal family because I don't think you can sustain a rival royal family running around. So I think these things have to be settled. It was good to see them come together uh, in paying tribute, but I think it's been described today more as a truce than a, a proper peace settlement. And we know that Harry's got this book coming. How much damage will that book, if it genuinely is what people think it is, which is a real tub-thumping assault on what he's had to endure as a, as a young prince, how much damage will that cause his father, the new king, his brother, the, the heir? All these things are important. So you've got to somehow marry... I think being respectful to the massive event of the Queen's passing with actually what this all means going forward for the future of the monarchy and the royal family. As we mature in years, um, Piers, you and I, uh, very close to each other, I'm still catching you up. <laughs> I promise I'll try and overtake you one day. Uh, you 57, me 56. Um, do, we, do, do we not realise that de-escalation is usually the way forward and it is it yeah. is it is so helpful you know and you'll take a truce on the way to peace because uh, it gives you a better mm. chance of that happening in the first place and prince charles's words um the fact that he included harry and Meghan by name in his speech on friday and also his body language didn't change when he, when he uttered mm. uh, that particular sentence it was all part of the same message it wasn't there for effect it sat very comfortably within his words it, look, I completely agree, and there's no doubt you and I have certainly mellowed with time, um, I think, and we both would agree to that. And you learn when you have your own families how difficult these things can be, and families fall out, of course they do. I just think the difference here is that you have effectively two royal families going on, and that's not sustainable. So I think it has to be resolved. I was pleased to see that William apparently took the initiative because uh, I think it's important in his new role as Prince of Wales that he recognises why this has to be done. Also important that families un you know, unite and realise it's not about them this week. I think one of the reasons for this uh, mutual walk of, of the two couples was to try and avoid every day this week when we should be focused on the, you know, Her Majesty the late Queen and Prince Charles, the new king. The reason that we should be focusing on them is because that's constitutional. The, the shenanigans of the young princes is actually not as important. So I think it was about trying to diffuse things so that we can get through the week without that being the constant story. And it's right, because the focus really now needs to be on celebrating and respecting the life of this great monarch and also looking forward to what life under under King Charles III will be for British people. Because you know, I don't know about you, Chris, but listening to the coverage today, just hearing the words King Charles is weird. You know, in our entire lifetime, we've only ever had Queen Elizabeth. So to suddenly have the constant rhetoric now of King Charles, King Charles, King Charles, will take getting used to. Right, Piers, we're way over time. Just uh, if you don't mind, uh, give us an arc of what your show's might look like this week. Weeknights, 8pm on Talk TV, Piers Morgan Uncensored. Where do you think you're going to go? Where might you end up come Thursday? I think, that obviously, there's going to be a, a, a big build-up now to this state funeral a week today, which is going to be, I think, the single biggest event of its kind in our lifetime. I think every world leader is going to be there. It's going to be spectacular. There'll be millions in the streets and it will be quite extraordinary. And until then, I think that each night what I'm going to try and do is not only get the chance, to, hopefully with some very interesting people. I had some great interviews on Friday with Dame Joan Collins, uh, who was a similar age to, to the Queen, getting very emotional since she, <clears throat> she hadn't sobbed like this since President Kennedy was assassinated, which was extraordinary. Uh, and she was surprised herself how much it affected it. Sharia and both of them talked very movingly. So I want to get a lot of people like that to look back over this great uh, monarch's reign, but also I want to look forward. I want to look forward to King Charles III. What kind of king will he be? What kind of monarchy will he have? Will he slim it down, as he's been indicating? How will he reconcile the warring factions amongst his sons, never mind anything else? What will he do about Prince Andrew? What will he do about other members of the family? What does he see as the vision for King Charles' reign for not just the family, but the country? These are all really important questions, because I think it would be tragic if the monarchy was to just fizzle out. And I think there's a lot of pressure now on King Charles III to deliver a slightly more modern, but never forgetting the great traditions of this monarchy and moving forward and taking us with him. That would be an exciting thing. So that's what I really want to focus on this week. All right, Piers, thanks so much for joining us. Great to hear from Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan Uncensored Weeknights, 8pm on Talk TV. It's going to be a great, uh, interesting week with Piers. He seems to be setting at his stall as... Uh, 
King Charles, and said Prince Charles, King Charles, Charles III, uh, needs to, um, at the same time, in parallel. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. We all dream big. We all think, what if? Well, our next guest is here to let you know you can. So do you need a hand? Well, make sure to grab her book, Everything is Figure Outable, which is out now. She is championed by Oprah, and it's fair to say she's in the know. So please welcome the wonderful Marie Forleo! Yeah, she's here. Hi, Marie. Hi, it's so lovely to be here Welcome, with you and well done for getting here at all this morning. Oh, well, you know, everything is figureoutable, including traffic. Yeah. Well, where you see on the Google map, I, I was suppose. like, you know what? We can beat this. Yeah, we can yeah. beat this with our feet. I, I didn't realise because you had to get here because your book is Everything is Figureoutable. Had you not been able to get here, that would have been the end of the book. Exactly. And I need to live up to it. And so. it's the third time we've talked about it. It's clearly just a perennial seller now. It is. And you know what? It still helps me every single day, like getting here to be with you all yeah. right now. Of course, you are here during an exceptional, extraordinary few days. Yes. Um, how has this um, panned out? How is it landing around the world? Because we're not around the world. You have been. You're here with us now. A hundred percent. So we have been tracking this and following this like many. And last week when the news broke, every single person on our team, we have a Slack channel. Um, it was filled with tears and with heartbreak. And many of us had conversation because we have so much love, so much reverence, so much respect for Her Majesty. And even though we all knew this was an eventuality, it still hit us really hard. So there were a lot of tears and we had a lot of conversation about her extraordinary life. And I just want to say that my sympathies are with our whole country right now. And when did you land? Um, So we arrived here last evening Right. Around 5 p.m. or and, so. And how have you found it since then? Can, can you sense the atmosphere? Can you sense the, the specialness of the occasion? Absolutely. I mean, even just riding around town and arriving and seeing all of the beautiful tributes and seeing all of the people. And when we rode past Buckingham Palace near there, seeing the throngs of crowds, it was really moving. And I think it's really moving, especially at this time where there can be so much division and there can be so many people against each other to see everyone coming together. Yeah and laying aside their differences, coming together from a space of love and a space of respect and a place of wanting to honour this extraordinary soul. So how come you're here? So I'm here to do uh, an extraordinary event at Expert Empire. So it's a speaking event up in Wembley. And then while I was here, I was like, well, why don't I come and see some of my friends? Why yes. not come to the Chris Evans show? And I honestly, I love it here so much. And <laughs> after the pandemic, there wasn't much traveling for a little while. And now I'm just raring to get back. So it's a real honor. So where are you in your own journey of everything is figureoutable? Yeah. So the thing that I've been looking at for the past two years, actually, and I think many people can share the sentiment, is just doing a real reassessment of how I'm figuring out how I spend my time. One of the things when everything was kind of um, pulled back and we were all home, it really got me sitting in my seat and feeling and recognizing how much I was pushing myself. I'm very passionate about what I do and I love what I do, but I also personally have addictive work tendencies. And I can be very, very hard on myself thinking that I need to do more and be more and contribute more. And I found that that was having a very detrimental effect on my health, both my physical health, my body was starting to break down and have different pains, and even my mental health not doing so well. So I have been figuring out in these past two years how to be more kind to me and how to set better boundaries in terms of being passionate about my work and creating service to the world, but also paying attention to the other areas of my life, like my relationships and my family. Because as, of course, what's happening right now tells us life is so precious yeah, and it's so fragile and it's not going to last forever. So how can we use the time that we have in the most intentional, joyful, productive way? So this evening, um, Tash and I, we're going to go out early. So we have some childcare booked for five o'clock and we're going to go out early because we're going to sit down and we're going to make an inventory of our lives um, on a big piece of A3 paper, not a piece of A4. We're both going to take a, a Sharpie each. We're going to take a few pages of A3 and we're going to sit down. We're going to have a drink, maybe have some food. And we just think it's time to do that in so many ways because it's not a question of where, where are we heading? Where will we be in five or 10 years time? It's where do we want, where, where do we think we would 
rather be? And can we backcast from there? And I love this, as opposed to forecasting, this new thing, backcasting. Yes. So imagine where you want to be and then sort of reverse engineer uh, how you might get there. You are like, you are the guru of such things. Can you give me and Tash any tips and other people? What is the best way of making an inventory of your life to benefit your today and tomorrow? So I love this sentence stem and we use this all the time when brainstorming. And I think when you want to do an inventory and when you want to reverse engineer how you'd like your life to be in the next one year, three years or five years, I always like to use this. Wouldn't it be cool if... Right. And you have that blank open statement. Wouldn't it be cool if we worked six months out of the year and took off six months? Wouldn't it be cool if we were more fluid and lived in different places? Wouldn't it be cool if we owned less things and completely simplified our lives? Whatever it could fill in. So step one is to do it without editing, to just let your imagination run wild. Then step two is to start to try on those possibilities in your imagination, but also with your emotions. Because something might sound great. You might have learned it from society. Oh, I want to live in all these different places. But when you Try it on in reality. Like, I don't necessarily want to be nomadic. That doesn't necessarily feel good. That's an old dream and not one that I want to work towards. So you kind of assess and audit each of your wouldn't you be, wouldn't it be cool if. And then with your partner, you can say, which ones do we want to commit to? Write those down and then have them be less, I would suggest, like two or three rather than five to six. Yeah, how do we do that? That's the bit. I, because I, I can imagine this evening we're going to end up with a word soup in yes. front of us. And we're going to be thinking, OK, th- that's what we think. But it still looks like a, a mess, you know, some kind of shell show because it is... How do we get from 60 to 20 to 6 to 3 or 4? I'd say that is going to be an exercise of tapping into your heart and intuition and radical honesty with your partner. If you put them all in index cards, let's say, for example, and you went through and you said, okay, if we could either have A or B, Honestly, first instinct, what would it be? Okay, A, and then put A next to the C, and then put A next to the D. So you start kind of a head-to-head fight, if you will, with those dreams, and then whittle it down, again, my suggestion, as few as possible. The reason why is because when you're focused on one to three things rather than five, six, or seven, less likely to get overwhelmed, more likely to have the focus and energy, and three, you leave spaciousness for the unknown. There may be dreams that once you start to pursue that one that you're reverse engineering, it feels really good right now, you might discover some new information. You might need to meet a new person. There might be a world event that happens that shifts your goals. And you want to have that room to be able to live into the unknown possibilities that the universe has in store for you. Uh, Marie Folio, thanks for being here. Thank you. Good luck with your trip. Thank you. Thanks for being so respectful to Her Majesty. Everything is Figureoutable is one of the best books you will ever be able to buy. It'll be on the shelves forever because it deserves to be because people love it. If you you read it, you'll discover um, that you will love it too. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already. This is the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast from Virgin Radio. Still to come, acclaimed author, speaker and psychologist Jordan B. Peterson shares his wisdom from his latest book, Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. Plus, we came live from the Goodwood Revival 2022, where we spoke to, amongst many others, the Duke of Richmond. So let's get right back into it. Vassos, who's next? Here's 12 Rules for Life, sold 5 million copies worldwide in over 50 languages. No pressure for the sequel then. (laughs) His new book, Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life is out now and it's beyond brilliant. He's a clinical psychologist, author, professor, genius. Be quiet at the back, please, for Jordan B. Peterson. Good morning, Jordan. Chris. How are you, my friend? Good Happy yeah. to be here. How is your health? It's uh, as good as can be expected. Yeah. yeah. And how's the family? Great. All good. Yeah. All good. Now all we have limited time here. Okay. I enjoy your long form conversations. I enjoy your many Q and A's and your lectures around the world, and your extraordinary life, the likes of which I thought, you know, I presume you may never have imagined. For example, an hour ago, um, a member of your security team came to have a look around the building because that is the life or part of the life you inhabit nowadays. Did you ever? think it might be thus it's not exactly the way it's turned out although i knew uh years ago um, particularly when i was teaching in boston that some of the things i was teaching were uh what would you call it potentially incendiary <laughs> yeah well i was always surprised that i was able to get away with teaching what i was teaching for so long without people noticing in some sense i mean the students noticed um and i thought that the ideas that I was wrestling with were uh, broadly significant, not 
particularly because they were my ideas, but because they were significant ideas, and they were also ideas that were uh, necessarily corrective in some sense, given the state of our current culture. And so I had some intimations that 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 something like this was on the horizon. Do you feel threatened? Yes and no. I mean, my family and I have been the subject of con- continual malicious attacks, and some of those more successful than others. And there have been many times in the last few years where we all thought we'd probably been cancelled permanently, you know, on the professional, financial, and social front, reputational front. But um, none of that came to pass for a variety of reasons. And I, and that's become less threatening to me substantially, especially as I've become healthier again, because I was ill for quite a long time. Now, I think in some ways, apart from anything physical, let's say, the worst accusations that can be levied against someone have already been levied against me, and they haven't been successful. And so, in some ways, the people who think they're my enemies are out of ammunition on that front. And we've also become much better at handling such things and understanding how the process of cancellation, let's say, and recovery occurs. And now we're able to do it, I would say, with some degree of humor, which is a good thing. It's the That's only way, sure. really, isn't it? Well, it's the optimal way. It's a clever play, isn't it? it? If you can figure out how to do it, yeah. Yeah, it's Charlie Chaplin, 1939, is what it is. Yeah, right, um, exactly. Because the last time I talked to you, um, you know, I couldn't help thinking, as wise as you are, and you, you were so much cleverer than I, than I could ever be. If there's a lottery for, for being clever, I, and I won it, I still wouldn't be half as clever as you are. Uh, but I do remember you being... Um, worryingly, from my point of view, reactive to things people were saying about you because it was new to you in a way, wasn't it? Fame was new to you in a way, you know. And having sort of um, been around the block a few times, as far as that's concerned, I was thinking, oh, you know, this is new for Jordan. Uh, and you have, because you know, you can take anything seriously, but it doesn't usually pay to, to let that include yourself. Right. Well, that's something Brits know it's quite real well. Handy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's definitely a mark of of character to be able to make light of yourself to the degree that that's possible, and and that's also a precondition in some sense for few, for further learning. Right? Is that you have to regard your current self as insufficient and have a bit of a hum- sense of humor about that. It's sort of by doing that, you sort of put yourself in the position of someone who's above your own inadequacy, right? Because, yes. Yeah, and, and that's really useful. And that, comedians are really good at that. And British comedians, I would say, are particularly good at that because one of the things that characterizes the British sense of humor, I think it was exemplified most particularly by the Monty Python troupe, was this unbelievable ability to satirize themselves and their own culture. It's really a remarkable uh, remarkable thing. You see a fair bit of that on the Canadian humour front too, although not as much as we deserve in Canada, <laughs> I would say. One minute left, Jordan B. Peterson, uh, talking about his new book, uh, the second of uh, Reels for Life, 12 more Reels for Life Beyond Order. You said, uh, you have said, you've cited in this interview and many, many others that people now stop in the street and they thank you for turning their life around. What mm-hmm. is the most common thing that you have found is useful to them and could be useful yeah. to our listeners right yeah. now? That's very straightforward. Is You need a meaning that will sustain you through catastrophe because your life is going to be punctuated by catastrophe or be continual catastrophe for that matter. And then the question is, and this is the only real question, is where do you find the meaning that sustains you through catastrophe? And the answer to that is in responsibility. It's genuinely in proper reciprocal service to other people. And everyone knows that. It's like, well, you've got your partner, your your wife or your husband, you've got your friends, you've got your business associates, you've got your community. If you enter into sustaining and responsible relationships at all those levels of function simultaneously, then you have a life, man. You actually have a life. And having that life and the adventure of that life buttresses you against the bitterness and cynicism and nihilism that catastrophe can otherwise produce. So, so one of the meanings of life is to seek out responsibility and yeah. grab it by the scruff of the neck. And then once yeah. you've dealt with that, find some more. Yes, as you get better, as you get more competent, you expand your domain of responsibility and then your life has more and more meaning. We're out of time. Thanks, Jordan. You bet, Chris. Very nice talking to you. You're always welcome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. We are outside Betty's Salon. 
Betty's Hair and Makeup Salon. Uh, this was founded, created, originated by Lisa George, who is the founder of Betty's Revival Salon, the official salon of the Good Revival, and she's here with us now. Good morning. How are you, Lisa? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, just tell us about how, how this came about in the first place, and then we'll talk about how much it's grown, like the hair that you style. 13 years ago, um, I approached the Duke and put it to him that it will, it will work, I will make it work. What will work? What was your idea? What was your pitch? I wanted a hair salon here. I've been working here for 17 years, uh, looking after people like yourselves, broadcasters, live broadcasters, and um, I was given £250 to go and buy props, and I was given a shed, about six foot by six foot, and I had two hairstylists in there to begin with. And that was 13 years ago. And this was crossing from showbiz to people who were coming here, um, ladies coming here who, who had done their own hair, but on site you said, I can give it, I can give you a bit, a bit of more zhuzh, a bit more sparkle, a bit more something that maybe you can't get at home or anywhere else. That was the idea. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, period hair, 40s, 50s and 60s, it's not easy. It's a specialist. Uh, it really is. And, you know, I'm so fortunate I've got some incredible artists. Well, hang on a minute. Let's just talk about this because you started with two two stylists and yourself and 250 quid. Then I, I was coming here like 5, 10, 15 years ago and I was seeing you uh, a bit further over from where we are now in a tent. Yes. And you now have a bigger tent, but you've also taken over this whole building, which used to be the period Tesco's. You have kicked Tesco's out. Yes. <laughs> the ladies have spoken. This salon is like, it's like mega. It's on a whole different level. How many stylists do you have this morning? Um, in total on site, I've got 142 hair and makeup what? artists. <laughs> Uh, on site here. And so if people are coming, the, the deal is, do they have to make an appointment or can they, is, can they, they drop They them? make an appointment here yeah. uh, for Betty's. We've got two Betty's salons on site. Uh -huh. um, one here on the High Street and one on the Richmond Lawn, opposite Earl's Court. Um, they can email us, make an appointment and, yeah, come and experience... But, but Goodwood. What's the signature to, to a, a, a vintage head? If, you, if people come and get one thing, what's the most popular, popular thing they ask for? Victory rolls. Victory rolls. Victory rolls and beehives. What's the history of the victory roll? Uh, the it's history, from a Spitfire, isn't it? It is indeed. Lisa's going to uh, demonstrate that, I believe, okay. with you. We have another Lisa, and I do believe that Rachel is in the chair. Is that right? I am in the chair. Okay, Rachel is in the chair. What are you having done and by who? Well, obviously, I'm having the victory roll, as you've just been discussing. Right. This is also Lisa. Lisa, meet Chris. Oh, my goodness, me, there are so many Lisas. <laughs> <laughs> There's three at the last count. Lots, lots how, of Lisas. How does the victory roll start, Lisa? The victory roll starts with lots of back combing because you want to give it lots of body. Uh, we like to make sure that it's going to stay for the whole entire day, preferably the weekend as well, if we can make it Absolutely. Happen. Can I just say, you've only started, you've been working on Rachel for about 60 seconds. It already looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> she knows what she's at. Of course you do. Uh, and it seems, you seem to be giving Rachel's hair a lot more body. I could do with a bit of that. <laughs> we can help, I'm sure. We can do some victory rolls in your hair as well. Give us a super hack for people listening about for their hair this weekend. Give, give them three things they can do with their hair this weekend. Uh, the first one is come to Betty's, have your hair done by one of us. Okay, what about if you're not here and you're in Scotland? So if you're in Scotland, the best thing to do is lots of hairspray, lots of backcombing, a couple of curlers and a silk scarf. All right, cool. Uh, there's another lady here who looks like she wants me to talk to her. Is that right? Yes. Hi. What am I talking to you about? Um, you are talking to me, so I'm Rebecca. I'm the salon manager. Ah, oh, the salon manager. Let's hear it for the salon manager. Look how many stations you've got here. Sorry, how many, how many stations? Uh, I believe 15. 20. It's very impressive. Sorry, 20. Okay, what do you want to say? I want to say that we have the most amazing talented team uh, and we just have an absolute balling. Where did you get them from? Because obviously they, they, they would be busy doing this elsewhere. There are many, many stylists that live and breathe vintage. Right. So uh, my sister, Lisa, she, she has hand-selected these guys, and they're absolutely amazing. All right, all good. It's all good in the hood here. Here we are at Betty Salon, and it's named Betty Salon because... The Duke's grandmother was called Elizabeth, and she was called Betty. Yeah. She used to twiddle her hair constantly. Uh, You've relaxed now, haven't you? Yeah! 
all right. Yeah, I have. You're actually speaking to me now. I've had a coffee. <laughs> all right. We've got to take a photograph and put it on Insta. You will not believe this salon. Honestly, it is massive. It is the sort of hyper market of salons. And we have a victory roll already achieved with Rachel. This is, that was so quick. This that was, was like a four victory minutes. roll, yes. In, in about four minutes flat, this victory roll, named after the roles that the, the pilots used to do in the aeroplanes. And then the women would support them by having the victory oh. roll to keep the hair out of their eyes while they got to work as the land girls or whatever they were doing back in the factory. Well Googled. I love it. Well Googled. No, no provided by lovely Lisa, the um, stylist. By the way, four minutes flat, anything but flat. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank my you. goodness. It's well got done, height, everyone. it's got body. This salon is the... Ladies, listen to the radio. Check out this salon. We'll put it on Insta. This is the place you will want to be. It's like you've died and gone to heaven. Hair heaven. Hair heaven. That's what it is. I'm staying it? here. You can do the eight o'clock. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Wow, that was right on cue. Uh, you listened to a 953 Ferrari 340mm uh, just firing up there now. Um, we're here in the paddock, so... You know, for paddocks, you usually see um, livestock, but for livestock, see horses, and for horses, see horsepower, and that's where we are today. And uh, this guy may have, um, I think you, you have Craig, this is Craig Venn. He has the equivalent in his world of, of the job I have in my world, because you are the content creator, senior motorsport content planner for Goodwood. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Goodwood. What a gig, man. What a gig. It's not bad, is it? Can it's you just bad. zoom out at 10,000 feet and describe the, the paddock area? Because it's not just one paddock. There are many, many garages and carports here. There's like a, over a couple of hundred. What can we, if, if we were in a virtual helicopter looking down, what might we see? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got about 800 cars on site, about 400 racing. Uh, the paddock we're in at the moment, you're going to see all the Ferraris, many of which are going to be racing this evening in the Freddie March Memorial Trophy. Paddock 2, we've got British Racing Green Corner, Coopers, Lotus, absolutely beautiful. Uh, and then far side, Paddock 3, that we can just about see uh, Grand Prix cars from the 1930s still competing today. Wow, and you've got open wheel racing, you've got Jim Clark cars, you've yep. got lots of Sterling's cars as well, you've got Graham Hill's cars yeah, over Yeah, absolutely, here. So big Graham Hill celebration. Tell us about that celebration there that we uh, yeah, see. Yeah, so uh, 60 years this year since Graham Hill won his first world championship. Um, so we're doing a big celebration this weekend. A lot of his cars competing. We've got the very special, we've got the BRM P578 Old Faithful, the car he won the 1962 championship in. Very special car. That is uber special. Uh, your particular favorite is uh, a lovely blue and white affair there. I think that would be uh, the original racing colors of, I think, it's, is it France or? Uh, the blue and white one, that would be the, the North American racing North team Amer Sorry, yep, North American. Yep, the ex-Carol Shelby car. Okay, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's blue with the white stripe for France. So uh, Ferrari, the 751s, uh, that's your favorite. Tell us why. Which one? Sorry, the, the white one. It's very loud it was, here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 750 Monza. The guys come over all the way from America just to compete here. Testament to how special this event is, I think. All right. Um, is it difficult to get cars for Goodwood? I can't imagine it's that difficult. It's, it's, it's not a very hard sell, I must admit. Don't right. tell it. Everyone thinks I work really hard, so it's, don't but, tell it. But anyone. you're fighting them off as opposed to begging them to come, aren't you? A little you? bit like that. A little bit like that. Yeah. Oh it's a my good place goodness to be. me! All right. Uh, so, um, your favourite race over the weekend? Uh, the Glover Trophy for me, 1960s Grand Prix cars, but the TT on Sunday afternoon, half past two, that's really special. Okay, that's that That's that um, priceless grid, isn't it? You can't put a price on the cars no, on that absolutely. grid. It's and the most prestigious race in historic motor racing. Okay, and the people driving them drive them like they stole them? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, this is proper. There's no showboating. It's all, it's all competitive. And many of the drivers don't own the cars. I always find that quite an interesting um, conflict. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, quite a few of them just... They'll jump in today for practice. <laughs> for some of them, it's the first time they've seen the car. But you know, and you there's get no stopping them. Nervous owners in in the at the tower watching over. Yeah, there's a few. There'll be a few nerves, but you know they're here for the love of it. And uh, yeah, ultimately everything goes well. They'll love it. All right, pal. And um, how'd you get your job? <laughs> well, like I told you before, Chris, there's, there's a position available. It's yours if you want it. What? That is amazing. So these jobs are advertised. What job is currently available for people listening to the radio now who might be able to apply and want to apply? Well, on the Goodwood website, we've got a job available in the motorsport content team. Uh, so just head to the Goodwood Jobs Vacancies website, right. put an application in, and uh, yeah, come along. Uh, we've got Rowan Atkinson hanging around. He might come on the show later with your boss, the Duke of Richmond. Um, Ro Rowan's a pretty good driver, isn't he? He is, yeah. No, he's fantastic. He actually uh, got his uh, first and so far only podium at members meeting this year. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just reinvigorated him. And I think you can't keep him away now. All right. Um, is there anything I can negotiate on, on your behalf with the Duke of Richmond? Salary increase? Uh, 
Uh, do you know, I was going to say, healthcare. I was going to say, let's let's hold another revival, two a year. But actually, I don't think I can handle that. Okay, so we have three events, don't we? So we have the members meeting yep. in March. Uh, it'll be April next April year, April next year, sixteenth. Then Tickets we have available. the festival of speed, which is going back next year because of it's being put back because it's a hundred years of Le Mans next yep. year, isn't yep. it? Special Le Mans centenary, so we don't really want to we don't really want to clash and annoy our friends over the. Well, also the all the cars will be there, and, and you need the them over here. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's yeah, come to the quick. We would quite, we would quite <laughs> like them here as well. Yes. Okay, and then the revival, yeah, and the revival in September, yeah, in the sunshine in September. Yeah, I always say the Duke organises good weather, and so far, yeah, proving true. All right, mate, great, good luck. Thank you very much. Okay, all the best. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. I'm here with the Duke of Richmond. Here we go. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Uh, what, what can I get your title right? Because Duke of Richmond and Lennox and Abbeyon, I've missed one out. <laughs> no, don't worry. Come on, I want another fourth one. <laughs> no, uh, well, there's Lennox, Gordon. Gordon, that's yeah, it. So you got it. Okay, good. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. All yeah. right, so uh, King Charles III is um, now sitting on the throne. Of course, uh, Goodwood and, and the dukedom is all, all uh, the behest of King Charles II. Just tell us tell us the connection there. Uh, well, yes, well, Charles II, his, his favourite mistress was Louise de Carouai, who was a French spy actually sent over by Louis XIV. So um, he eventually, yeah, he eventually had his wicked way, and um, the, their child was the first son, illegitimate son, recognised by the king as the first Duke of Richmond. And right. he bought a house here in 1697. Which house did he buy? Was it the main house? Yeah, the main, the, well, part of what's now the main house. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive, isn't it? Um, so as far as um, you know, the, the sort of petrol head lineage is concerned, they say many things skip a generation. It wasn't your dad that was a petrol; it was your granddad. Absolutely, my grandfather. Yeah. Tell us yep, about yep. him. Well, he was mad about flying first, and then he got very into cars and engineering. Raced pretty successfully before the war. Uh, he loved small cars, light cars, clever design, beat all the big Bentleys in his little MGs and things. And, um, and then given the opportunity, he was very happy to hand this land over to the RAF to make a Battle of Britain airfield uh, for, during the war. And then that perimeter track turned into a racetrack. He very, was very happy to turn it into a racetrack after the war. So it was the, this was the first track to open. In September 1948, immediately after the war. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so Revival comes second to Festival of Speed chronologically, uh, 25th anniversary next year. Yeah, and we talked about the, the inception a bit last night. Uh, how small was it? How big is it? Well, the Revival started in 98. Right. Um, it took a while to make it happen. Um, there was lots of, uh, lots of things to sort out uh, locally, which is why we started the Festival of Speed. And... Um, the revival started off actually reasonable. It started off reasonable size, but obviously it's, it's big now. It's the biggest historic race meeting in the world. It's my favourite place in the world. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> Roy Salvadori says, "When the sun is shining uh, in Goodwood, uh, there's no what, what is it? No, there's no no place else to be. That's it. It's That's on the bridge, right. isn't yeah, it? Um, your favourite car here this weekend? Oh gosh, I love all my children. Yes, no, exactly, exactly. Well, probably the famous Sterling Moss short wheelbase." Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the Rob Walker car, the blue one with is the that, white nose. That that's right? that's, that's that the one? car I ought to have, Chris, it, but I don't. Sadly. Is that Ross Bronze? That is, yeah, yes. It's, <laughs> drives. it's awesome, isn't it? It's so lovely. Yeah. Okay, um, of course, uh, Her Majesty the Queen uh, has been remembered. The queue. Have you seen the, the pictures of the queue? It's unbelievable. It's back it? to so five wonderful. miles now, yeah. um, past Incredible. Tower Bridge. So tens of thousands of people paying their respects. And of course, um, here at Goodwood, uh, there, are, there are important things going on uh, to, to, to remember the amazing uh, reign of Queen Elizabeth. The second, what kind of things? Well, we're we're obviously very 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 very, very pleased that everybody's here because I think the the, the, the revival is a perfect opportunity. It's such a, a a moment of people sort of joining together to celebrate things that it's a perfect moment really to celebrate her reign and the um, and and the extraordinary impact this has had on this has had on everybody. You have this lovely film going on, don't you? We have a lovely film of her, the time she spent here at Goodwood, the horse racing, and them um, over over many many years. And we've also got the book of condolence and moments of silence. And so we're trying to do all the, all the right things in terms of the protocol, but also bring our own special moments to it so we can do it in our own way. All right. So uh, a week and a bit ago now, um, before the Queen sadly passed, uh, the Tuesday before the Thursday, um, th there was, there was a, a raising of a smile here via the race course. Well, there was. There was, Chris. And it's wonderful because uh, Her Majesty had a horse running uh, here on that Tuesday. And it won. Love Affairs won. And it's the last winner Her Majesty had, and it was here at Goodwood. And um, when the coronation happens next year, what, what is your... You have a role... You may have a potential role in that. Well, has, I, I don't know. Well, uh, I, traditionally, there's a role, but right. uh, I, I, don't know what okay, the, I don't know what the plan is. Well, let's not speak of the future. Let's not put you in that situation. But, but what of the past and the Duke of Richmond's role in the coronation? Well, I think it was carrying the scepter behind the 
behind the throne. Right. But I haven't, uh, you know, I know no more than that at this stage. All right, okay. Um, other highlights this weekend, uh, your favorite race of the weekend? Well, the one tonight's pretty special, uh, as it has all those really original, all the great Ferraris and Jaguars uh, racing into the dusk. So that's a big one. That's the only race today after practice. So that's the race, the race this evening, before which we do have our, 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 our special moment and our minute, minute of silence. And then, of course, on Sunday, we've got the big blue ribbon, the, the big TT, yeah. uh, which is the sort of epic two-driver, you know, two-hour race, one-hour race. Have which, you ever um, driven in anger around here? I have. I have. Tell no, me about I did that. for many years. I didn't know that. Uh, well, no, it was really exciting. So to, to, to uh, you know, get it all going that first year in 98, and uh, it took a long, long time for us to, you know, Get it, get get it all, get it all, um, get it all happening. It was about seven years of negotiation uh, to get the racetrack built again, and then to actually be here and then to race that first event was really emotional. It was a, it was a big moment, really exciting. Good for you. I know that the team here. You love your team. You look after your team. You remember to to see people and to hear people and to thank people. Uh, and you couldn't do it without the volunteers. Uh, who would you like to say thank you to? Well, no, well, everybody. The marshals do an obviously uh, wonderful job. The BARC who run the event on the day for us, uh, do a fantastic job. Without all those volunteers, we couldn't do it. And of course, my own team here at Goodwood, who, who make it all happen. It's a huge undertaking. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're running so 18 months ahead, uh, getting it all done. Um, everyone plays a major part at every level. So it's just a massive team effort. All right, great to see you. And you, Chris, well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Congratulations on an amazing event. Yeah. Well, thank right. you. Perfect. In the sunshine, Duke Richmond. Round of applause for the Duke, everybody. His grace with us live this morning. Perfect. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, we've discovered another superstar of Goodwood, haven't we, guys? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is amazing. Where we are right now is amazing. The Earl's Court Studios. The Earl's Court Studios are presented by Sky Cinema, our pals at Sky. And Sky is so involved with Goodwood this year. They've got this amazing drive-in retro experience over the road the revival, the festival of two halves, but here we are just by the racetrack, just by the airfield, where a whole host of swinging 60s musical action taking place on an immersive and interactive journey. And in charge of all this, the creator of all this, it's her brainchild, is Ella Jarman. Good morning, Ella. Hi, Chris. First of all, we all think you're amazing. Oh, yes, you you guys? so kind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you can do this uh, because you've been on it since March. It's taking yes, since March since to get March, this. Yeah. What, what can we see? So we pan round, uh, which yeah. is, you know, using the filming vernacular. Of course, if we of course. pan round from left to right, all the way around here, what are we looking at? So we have a 60s film studio today in the hangar. So we have prop shop, we've got wardrobe, and then we've got other sound stages. So a jazz club we've yeah. got, 60s jazz club, a 60s TV studio, Brighton Pier in yes. the 60s. Okay. Um, and right in the middle here, we've mm -hmm. got a 60s London calf. Yeah, it's so cool. And it does all look like those <laughs> amazing studios you, you you see in you know photographs of like Shepparton yeah, and, and places like that and Pinewood. And it's just so, it, feel, it feels like people, some people may think, oh, they must make films at Goodwood because it looks like you could actually make a film it here It does now. look like that. Yeah, we've actually got some original cameras on site as well. So um, when people step into the room, they are walking back in time like it is a real studio in here. I mean, the sort of 60s TV studio, like the kind of ready, steady, go vibe. It is, yeah, And you've got a Bridget Riley optical illusion art background. And because Indeed. it's concaves, you walk in there and you just feel like you're tripping straight away. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Was you that the idea? You feel like you're moving, yeah. Especially when we get the dancers in there, it just gets like... Bang. Right, so there are actors, there are dancers, and people yes, can get are. involved. They can be in a film. They can be in the film, so you can come and be an extra in the studio today um, and take part with our actors uh, in one of the scenes and also in a flash mob later on. Really? Okay. Yes. And you have a history in, in the drama uh, genre I, yourself? Yes, I do. Um, I trained as an actor um, and I always wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, but I kind of fell into directing, uh, which I found a love for as well. Um, so, yeah, that's Okay. Where I am. Again, it's radio <laughs> and we're painting pictures here with what we're saying, but I just wish you were all here because it's so exciting. It I love, is, it's so exciting. <laughs> I love being on film sets anyway. I've been very fortunate to of be course. on and around film sets in a couple of movies. You've been in movies? Um, I've been in a few short films. Come yeah. on, tell us about your career. <laughs> Come on, Ella! 
Yeah, so... What have you been in? I've been in just a couple of short films. What actually, one of, them, one of them is called Death to Us Part, um, and it was actually filmed on Brighton Pier, which is weird because we've actually got Brighton Pier in here today, um, and another one, which is called Missing Person. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> the Duke of Richmond's very lucky. He, he runs a great team and a very happy ship, and it's really important, you know, and we all get our bumps in the road, but we know that, that having a happy team... You know, grinners are winners, is what Absolutely, they say. But yeah. he's got a superstar in you. I hope he knows oh, it. Seriously, <laughs> I, you. don't you think so, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, come on, how good is this where we are? Ella, right you have got it all under control and going on here. <laughs> Anybody who's coming here today who doesn't come along and is either an extra or in your flash mob, well, they need to reassess what they're See, doing. you're they rivaling do. the cars here. That's how good this is. I know, yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, you have no idea when you walk in and everybody's walking in with their jaws open. I mean, yeah. genuinely. <laughs> it is fantastic. From the dance studio, it feels like we have literally walked back 60 oh, years from, back from the minute you walk in. It's just extraordinary. It's like being in the swing 60s. Yeah, yeah you oh got to get involved. This is it's, what it was like, It's only everyone. half past nine in the morning, but it could be, could be midnight, couldn't it? I love <laughs> all your actors. So are yes. they all, like, totally in character the whole they time? They are totally in character the whole time. As soon as you step in, you might get pulled into a scene. You never know. Anything can happen in the space. It's, it's a bit Austin Powers as well, isn't it? Oh, it is a little Don't bit. Don't you think so? Yeah, baby! <laughs> so I'll leave it there. <laughs> Run for the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Let's talk to Tim Schofield, head of the motor car department for Bonhams UK. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Chris. It's a pretty lofty title, isn't it? When did you start at Bonhams and uh, what level were you at? Uh, I was pretty reasonably high when I started in 2000 and 2000. Okay, and uh, what, how, how did you get the gig? Uh, well, I was poached. Right. I worked for another similar auction business. Cars? Always cars? Cars, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what's happening here today. Well, we are on view now. Right. Uh, we are selling about 220-odd lots of automobilia, memorabilia, and Which about a handful stuff. of number plates, cherished number plates. And then at 1 o'clock tomorrow, we sell the motor cars. And we've got about 120 cars for sale, ranging from 10... Actually, raising, pounds. raising from seven because you've got that little Fiat, Fiat 500. 500. Yeah, but it should make ten. Peter de Savary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, up to about three, three and a half million for our lead car, which is a 1952 Aston Martin DB3. Tell us a bit more about that one. It's X-Works. Um, it was driven by probably one of the greatest British racing drivers, Peter Collins, who we sadly lost in 57. He raced here at Goodwood in that car in 1952. He won the Goodwood nine-hour race in that car, beating a chap called Sterling Moss. He then went on to go to Sebring and did the nine hours at Sebring. Did the Mille Millia. It did Le Mans. So it ticks every single box. Did you consign this car? It sounds like you might have done. Um, no, I didn't actually. You're all over this one, aren't you? That's very <laughs> impressive. But it's not just the cars. The memorabilia is good fun. Not just your auction house, other auction houses. You know, Phillips had a big David Hockney auction in the week. Good fun to go and look at and have a peruse, like, you know, window shopping that everybody can access. And then you can also watch all the auctions live now. And I just love having them on in the background. You're live tomorrow, aren't you? We're live tomorrow, but also online. Yeah. So all the normal channels are being able to bid are available to you. Gotcha. So uh, this lovely lady who works with you is brandishing what? Uh, this is a race suit, a worn race suit from around 90, well we think between 71, 72, 73 period. Right. Um, you notice that it's got a well-known Scottish name written on it, that's uh, Jackie Stewart. Sir Jackie Stewart. Um, and it was during his Tyrrell days, we've got a nice certificate of provenance with it, estimate is between two to three thousand pounds. I'm not casting aspersions on this item, right? But I've met Jackie Stewart loads of times, so have you. That'll fit him. This miles too big for him. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been another Jackie Stewart somewhere. That might have been in those days. Yeah, I suppose so. Mind you, uh, he, he could have been taller. Uh, one does wither with time. Um, uh, as far as um, auctions are concerned and your experience in auctions, what has been uh, sort of, uh, if you had to pick one moment, you know, uh, just before the gavel went down in the room as a hushed silence fell and, and, and auction fever perhaps took one bit a, a little bit too far or not? Oh, crikey. Uh, memory banks. Well, I think, well, one of the questions that you asked me recently was one of my memories, and uh, there were plenty. There were quite a few that involve you, 
uh, over the last that. 20 years. Okay, let's just gloss over those. Okay, we will. We will. Uh, now, I remember getting one call from a client about a month before we were due to have a sale of the Williams Formula One Grand Prix reserve collection, about 22 cars and 100 lots of memorabilia. And I got a phone call saying, Tim, how much for the catalogue? I said, well, it's £20 for a catalogue. He said, no, no, no. I want to buy everything in the catalogue. Wow. And um, within, I had to say, obviously, I'll come back to you. But uh, <laughs> within a fortnight, we'd sold everything to that one client in the US. So what happened to the auction then? Uh, it didn't take place. Really? Yeah, we had to cancel the sale. And everyone actually was delighted to a certain extent that the sale didn't take place and somebody saved the collection. All right, um, on the other end of that uh, particular spectrum then, what's the best bargain that you can recall? Because there are some cars this week, and it's often happens, historics have got an auction again next week, that are no reserve, which means if somebody bids a tenner and nobody else bids, it goes for a tenner. Yeah, we've got 20 plus motor cars that are being offered without reserve. So you could buy a DB6. It's there without reserve. Rolls-Royce Phantom. Rolls-Royce Phantom, Rolls-Royce Dawn, um, a Mercedes-Benz SLS, yeah. a Mercedes-Benz 722S, one of 150. Yeah, so not, not everything must go, but some things must go. Some things must go. All Hopefully, right. everything will go. Including you now, Tim. We're on time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tim from Bottom, Tim Schofield. Right, we've got one more lovely person to talk to. We've got another tune. This is Fine Time Cast. And then we're back with Dandy Wellington talking about Revive and Thrive. The Revive and Thrive village here. Um, thriving and um, not striving, uh, but very much surviving. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Now it's time to welcome Dandy Wellington, who is hosting a series of talks on the Revive and Thrive stage at the Goodwood Revival this year. Good morning, Dandy. How's it going, sir? Very well. Yeah. We had a big chat last night. And yes, you, indeed. When you, you talk, it sounds like you're singing, so sing away, Dandy. <laughs> what are you doing here? Where have you come from? How's the jet lag? And what are you up to this weekend? Well, I am here from New York City, uh, and I'm here for Goodwood revival this is my first time my mind is blown <laughs> it is ridiculous oh my gosh the attention to detail the roar of the cars and the style my goodness i'll see them so oh. i'm going to be hanging out at the revive and thrive village having a, a series of conversations with creators talking about make do and mend vintage style not vintage values and sustainability all right so tell us about your lineage and your culture and your love of the past and uh, yeah. and celebrating the present and looking towards the future yeah yeah listen i i think history is so important there's so much to learn about about uh, about what we've all been through, but also it's a great instructional on where to go for next, right? So I've got lots of style, lots of beautiful craftsmanship. Why don't we take all of that and move it all forward, right? Yeah, we were talking about design last night, weren't yeah, we? And about absolutely. sometimes how, pe how people get stuck and then they go, I know what I'll do. Yeah. Let's just have a little trip back to yesteryear yeah. and remind ourselves of the simplicity, uh, you know, of, of the free hand, yes. you know, curves as opposed to corners, things yeah, like that. Yeah. What are you wearing today? Take us through your amazing outfit. Well, you know, this outfit is a bit of a mix of uh, vintage and, a, and of uh, some heritage brands here uh, in the UK. We've got, of course, Cathcart Heritage, Thomas Farthing, on the head and you know a little something from uh, Australia so on the, the neck. It's a three-piece but it's not <laughs> matching. I Yes exactly I am wearing a three-piece plus fours suit. Come on! There it All is! Right, with is the this tweed? Well. Is, it twe is it teal tweed? Yes it is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> We feel the need for tweed on this show <laughs> let me tell you. So what are you going to get up to on stage? Well I'm going to be talking to uh, Paula Sutton today, um, Samantha Swift, Jessica Kelgren Fezard, uh, on all things, uh, all things vintage. I mean, listen, we live this vintage lifestyle every day. Dress like this every day. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Okay, that is your modus operandi. That is. That is my MO, as they say. And just tell us about the thing, the new phenomenon of, of not buying uh, vintage clothes necessarily. Because some collectors started to buy them, started to flip them, made a business out of it. Right. But now there's this really huge industry in um, people who've amassed these collections not wanting to sell them on keeping them but yeah. willing to rent them out yes indeed so there you know there was a there was a company called rent the runway where they you know you rent sort of glamorous clothes off the off the runways of big designers but what about 
renting some top-notch vintage gear. I'm talking about things from the 1920s, 1930s, mint condition. Give it to somebody for a go-around and then get it back. Okay, and some designers, world-renowned, like Ralph Lauren, for example. Oh, of course. If his designs not get stuck necessarily, but if his, his design pools want some inspiration, he will rent from these companies. Yes. These, these like, just standard leather jackets and say, look at the simplicity of this, yeah. the, you know, the beauty in the line. Yeah, there, I mean, there's, it's all about craftsmanship, beautiful design immaculate craftsmanship and something like that you know it you could wear that now and it it looks fabulous all right so you said your mind was blown here um it's a good one i mean obviously you're a man of, 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 of infinite detail i appreciate uh, you it you love attention to detail so you've done your research but yeah. still your mind is blown. yes my mind is literally blown i mean we're talking about the thing about goodwood I've I've under I've come to understand is that you could read a brochure, yes. you could watch an yes, ad, yes, yes. you could li you could read a press release, yeah. and you still wouldn't get you it. You need it. to be here. And by the way, it's only two hours old. This is nothing, my friend. I know. This is like the overture. Listen, I came for a, a walkthrough yesterday just just to take a look and see some of the stalls and see everything, and my mind was blown, and they were still building it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have the best weekend. Yeah. Yes. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.